Hey podcast, this is post-podcast Claire coming at you from the other side of the episode you are about to listen to, and I'm laughing, also like laugh cringe, laugh cringing, is that a thing, at myself because I made it to the end of recording today's intro and I realized that my microphone was not fully plugged into my computer, so the internal microphones, the built-in mics on my computer is what caught the audio for the next 15 or so minutes of the intro of today's episode. So if the next 15 minutes sound kind of subpar as far as sound quality goes, I apologize. But since we are all about imperfect action and moving forward here on the podcast, that is what we are going to do. So I hope you enjoy the rest of the episode and we'll do better next week. But thanks for hanging with me while I try to be a dietitian, which is what I was trained to do, while also figure out technology, which sometimes these things can be at odds. But thank you for sticking with me and understanding and I'll see you at the end of the episode. Welcome to another episode of the Yours Truly Podcast. I'm your host, Claire Tuning, a peanut butter and jelly enthusiast turned registered dietitian, yoga teacher, nutrition coach, and entrepreneur. I believe that happiness and health comes from the ability to truly nourish your body, mind, and spirit through food, movement, and relationships. That's what this podcast is all about. Together, we'll learn to eat gently, move freely, and love fiercely, and probably make a lot of puns along the way. So join me and my stellar squad of guests to learn the tools that you need to break free from a world of diet culture and negativity to fully, gently, and mindfully step into your own source of power. Yours, Julie, Claire. Here we go. Hey podcast, welcome to episode 70, that's a seven and a zero together, of the Yours Truly podcast. I'm Claire, by the way, maybe I should introduce myself if you have never been here before, if you've never hung out with us, I am super excited that you are joining us here in the world of non-diet nutrition, intuitive eating, of forming the best relationship with food, your body, and self that you possibly can. So we are here, or I am here. I shouldn't speak for all of us because I don't know where you are, but I am here sitting at my desk looking out my window, which has behind it a day that seems pretty bleak, to be honest. It is very gray, rainy, cold, kind of one of those days that just makes you want to crawl up in a blanket and watch Hallmark Christmas movies. (laughs) Any other Hallmark Christmas movie fans out there, maybe you can resonate. I watch my first one of the season this past weekend over the Thanksgiving holiday, and it was kind of cringe, to be honest. (laughs) It was kind of one of those movies where the acting is a little eh, and the storyline is definitely predictable, but you can't quite pull yourself away from it because you have to see the happy ending. There's like so much satisfaction and warmth and joy wrapped up in those, the happy endings of those movies. So maybe you are able to enjoy one, take a little bit of extra self-care time, as we head into the last month of the year and also the last month of the decade, which is super crazy to believe that we are heading into 2020. But good news for you is the podcast is going to continue in 2020, and I hope to bring you even more guests, even more free value to help you strengthen your intuitive eating journey. But if you are here in the States, if you are anywhere that celebrated Thanksgiving over this past weekend, I hope it was filled with lots of yummy food, with joy, connection with loved ones, with quality time with your dog, your cat, your farm animals, you know, whatever holds a a special place that is near and dear to your heart. I spent my holiday in a couple of different places. I was in Southern Virginia with my very large extended family for the actual holiday, then traveled up to Philadelphia where Aiden's family lives for the latter part of the weekend. And I am coming back into this work week feeling a little tired, if I'm being honest. Like I said, like I need to snug on my couch with me and my blanket and get a little bit of extra rest, but very much filled with so much gratitude for not only my family and my friends, but also for all of my clients, for all of you listeners who allow me to hold a space in your life and help you find the healthiest version of yourself heading into this new year and decade. So before we get to today's episode, which I'm super excited to bring you something that is 
a little different, a little funky, a format of a podcast that we have not, or I have not offered here. Uh, But before we get there, I want to cover two things. The first is, of course, our Yours Truly Goal Slayer featured post of the week. And the second is an announcement that I announced last week, but I'm going to keep announcing it. I'm going to keep beating the dead horse, metaphorically, of course, until the offer runs out. By the way, if you hear that really loud siren in the background, I'm sorry. It has been going on for like the last minute and a half. You think that it would like pass by the house, but It sounds like it's just kind of parked in one place (laughs) trying to overrun my podcast recording. But we have to cover the Yours Truly Goal Slayer featured post of the week first and foremost, which if you have not been listening to our podcast ever, if you haven't been here in a while, this is a, a little segment where I read a post from my free private Facebook community that is filled with my clients, so those who work with me one on one, and also anyone who is interested in and learning more about intuitive eating and really gathering more information and more community support on their journey. So this post comes from one of my current clients, my client of about seven months now. So we are making wonderful progress. I am so grateful to be able to be working with her throughout this holiday season because I think it's a time where we all could use a little bit of extra support and that person in our corner to keep guiding us and cheering us on. But she writes, last night was my call with Claire and I won't lie, I went into our meeting feeling a little bit uninspired. Life has been crazy, and I was just proud that I made it through, lol. I was feeling like a failure, but Claire reassured me and encouraged me to reframe my thoughts. I thought about it, and I realized that I have made wonderful progress, and I am ready to take my next steps. It is becoming abundantly clear that while I love helping others, I have been ignoring my own needs. My self-care toolbox is looking a little sparse. These next couple of weeks, Claire has encouraged me to make myself a priority by making a food date with myself to set up a time for, whoa, words, with myself to set me up for a purposeful week, there we go, where I prioritize my nutrition. She has also encouraged me to find an aimless activity, air quotes there, that I enjoy. This sounded really counterproductive to me because I am all about efficiency. My engineer brain makes me want to always have a purpose and always be making progress. So now I'm trying to find a hobby, LOL. Any suggestions? So I want to give a huge shout out to my client, my goal slayer here in the community. Hopefully you could understand her message amidst me stumbling over my words. Maybe I need glasses to see my screen, but we try to keep it as real as possible here. But I want to give her a big thank you and also tell you that I'm reading this post for a purpose because I really don't think that this individual is the only one who struggles around this time of year and also all of the other times of year with making other people a priority or really trying to help and be of service to other people, but sometimes letting that desire to help and serve come at the expense of her own well-being. And I am using her as an example, but like I said, I know I am also guilty of this, and I think many other people are also guilty of this because, of course, we want to be there for other people. We want to encourage them. We want to help them. We want to show up as best as we can for them. And that's awesome. The intention behind that is so great. But if we start doing that so much so that we are not taking time to honor our hunger or make sure we have food available for ourselves to eat that is satisfying or move our bodies in a way that makes us feel less stressed or allows us to feel really good in our body or ease aches and pains or maybe our desire to help is even cutting out of other types of self-care like watching that Hallmark movie like I was talking about earlier or you know being alone if you're an extroverted introvert like me you need some downtime to kind of decompress and to be sure that you have the energy and the wherewithal to show up for those people in in other areas of your life. So if this resonates with you, if you are hearing this and you're raising your hand saying, oh my goodness, 
I am guilty of doing this, especially around this time of year where everybody else's needs comes before your own. I am just going to ask you to draw a little bit of awareness around that. Say, all right, where does this happen the most for me? Is this serving me? What parts of my own life, my own health, my own relationship with food might need a little bit more attention from me, even if it's only 10 minutes, even if it's only five minutes or whatever time that you can carve out of your day to give yourself back. I think that can be a really positive thing to do for yourself and a really positive way to head into this last month of 2019 so that you can wake up on January first, feeling like you can do a couple of things to take care of yourself and you are doing those things rather than waking up on that morning saying, oh my goodness, I feel so run down. I need an overhaul on my life, right? Because that's okay if you get to that spot and you realize that. But if we can do a little preventative maintenance to hopefully help you feel better before that time, or help you feel like you are making the progress to improve your relationship with food, movement, or self between now and then, because we still got like 25 days, guys. Like that's a lot of time that we could do something for ourselves to look out for ourselves rather than letting ourselves perpetually fall on the back burner. So again, a big shout out and a thank you to this client of mine who is sharing her thoughts, her struggles, her learning curves, because I know she's not the only one out there who needed to have that conversation and who uh, needs to, to think about how we can head into the rest of the year feeling as confident as possible. So if you are listening to this intro here and you are saying, oh my word, I need to be in that free community so I can see posts like this. I can be surrounded by other people who are also on this journey to improve themselves. Then this is your open invitation to come and hang out with us. We have an awesome time in this community earlier today. In fact, I posted a recipe that I've been experimenting with. We do live video trainings. All of my clients post their takeaways so you can learn what the the one-on-one coaching process looks like. And I would love, love, love to have you. So the way you can access the application to join the community, like I mentioned, it is totally free, but I just like to have you fill out an application so that I can learn a bit more about you, what you might find helpful in this community, and also you can learn a bit more about our community, ground rules, etc., etc. So if you want the application, you can find the link in my bio on Instagram at Claire Tuning, or you can also simply type into Facebook the Yours Chewy Goal Slayers, click request to join. Yes, it reads it to you in that voice. And I will be in touch. I will send you a personal message with the link to that application. So please keep an eye on your inbox and don't ignore me if I message you because I would love to have you. So the final thing that I have to do before we announce, I won't say a guest because it's me talking on this episode, but before I announce the format of this episode is to give you the scoop, the deeds on our end of the year giveaway here on the Yours Truly podcast, because who doesn't love a good giveaway. So I announced this for the first time last week at the end of the webinar recording that I use for the podcast, but if you did not make it to the end of that episode, if you didn't hear my announcement, I will tell you now. So there is really no better way for this podcast to grow and reach more of the individuals who could benefit from hearing its message than for you, our listeners, to leave a rating and a review if what you are hearing on this podcast is really helpful for you, if you find it valuable, and if you think that other people could also benefit from hearing everything that we cover from week to week. So to incentivize you a little bit to leave that rating and review again, if this is a place that you come every week and you love being here, I am offering a giveaway and this giveaway is going to be to a review lever. I wish I knew a better word for that, but a anyone who leaves a rating and a review here on the podcast between now and the beginning of January, I will be putting all of the review levers into an Excel file. I'll be using a random number generator to choose one of the lucky individuals who has been so kind and in giving with their time to leave 
leave a rating and a review. And what that lucky person will win is a fresh, brand spanking new copy of The Intuitive Eating Book by Evelyn Triboli and Elise Resch. The copy I have on hand here to give away is the most updated version to date, and I really believe it is the book that everyone who is interested in improving their relationship with food needs to get their hand on first and foremost. So I will be giving away one copy of that. I will also be giving away a $25 Amazon gift card because what can you not get from Amazon? You can get Anything that your heart desires, maybe, possibly, it really seems that way. And I will also be throwing in some new Yours Truly merchandise that I am in the process of getting made right now. So hold on to your hats. They're going to look really cool. Some of them are going to be funny. Some of them will have really cool intuitive eating sayings on them. So the winner will get one piece of merchandise. I'm going to leave that vague of their choice. And also I'll throw in a bunch of coupons from many brands that I love. Bonza being one of them. Chickpea pasta. I'll throw in some free boxes of that. So it'll be a really awesome basket. I mean, I would be excited to receive this basket. So please, again, if you come here every week and you are loving what you are hearing, take a moment, leave a rating and a review. Say something that you maybe want to say about the podcast. I'll leave that uh, very vague again. And then I will be drawing or choosing the winner of that randomly at the beginning of 2020. So without further ado, Uh, What I'm announcing here on the podcast, like I said, is a new and different format because it is not me interviewing a guest. It is actually someone interviewing me. So I'm choosing to do this because I'm realizing a little bit here on the podcast that I go on other people's platforms, other individuals' podcasts who are so kind to invite me on, and I share bits and pieces of my own story and tips that I offer my clients and everyone in our Facebook community. And sometimes I don't offer those things here on our podcast. I don't talk a ton about my story and sometimes not having a sounding board or someone asking me questions here on these episodes, I can breeze over some topics that might be really helpful for you to hear. So what I'm going to share here is an interview with my good friend, Kelsey Flanagan. It's actually an interview that she conducted of me. So it'll be kind of that weird perspective here of me being interviewed here on the podcast. But she is wonderful. She does so much incredible work with her clients, and she actually is a trainer as well. She has a gym down in Texas. So if you are there, be sure to connect with her and check her out. You can find her on Instagram at Kelsey underscore Flanagan underscore coach. She has a podcast as well that is called The Lift Up Show, all one word, all caps. And she was actually a guest here on the Yours Truly podcast almost an entire year ago which is really hard to believe. So if you are wanting to listen to not only maybe Kelsey's podcast, but the interview that she did here, it is episode 28 from all the way back in January. It was called How to Ditch Comparison Syndrome with Kelsey Flanagan, which I think is a message and a topic that we all could get a lot of benefit from. So Kelsey, thank you so much again for allowing me to not only be on your show, but also use the audio here for the Yours Chili podcast and to you who is listening today. I hope you will enjoy and get a lot of value out of this. So without further ado, here's the interview. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. We have a wonderful human being, Miss Claire. She is a yoga teacher, intuitive eating registered dietitian who takes a non-diet health at every size aligned approach to wellness with her clients. In her free time, you can probably find her eating peanut butter and jelly and or talking about how much she loves it. Um, And I'm so, so, so excited to have her on the show today. And I'm personally I'm very selfishly excited because I secretly love to learn from her. I am so drawn to this approach um, and the way that she approaches just this topic and this way of eating. Um, And I know you guys are truly going to, or truly, as she likes to say, (laughs) going to enjoy all the tools that she's going to bring to the table. So welcome to the show. 
Thank you so much, Kelsey. I'm super happy to be here. And as you were kind of reading that intro, I'm kicking myself a little bit for not bringing a peanut butter and jelly to like snack on during our conversation. <laughs> but uh, rest assured that first thing I will do when we hang up and finish our conversation is I'll go get one. So don't be worried, but I'm super excited <laughs> to be here and have a chat with you. Yes, yes. It's it's seriously a thing that she, like I'm pretty sure has a t-shirt that has a peanut butter and jelly sandwich on it. Like she is a peanut butter and jelly queen. So um, I'm excited. And a lot of you guys might even fear peanut butter and jelly. So that's exactly what we're going to dig into today. Um, So Claire, tell me a little bit more. What do you do with your clients? I know in the intro, like intuitive eating, what the hell is that? What does that even mean? Yeah. And I feel like it's something that's kind of caught a lot of buzz recently. Like if, if you go on social media and you search the hashtag intuitive eating, you're going to find a boatload of information. And some of that information might be kind of conflicting. So you have one person over here saying intuitive eating is one thing. And then you have everybody else saying intuitive eating is another thing. So I'd love to shed a little bit of light on what it actually is and what I do with my clients. So logistically speaking, I run an online nutrition coaching practice. Um, and I work one-on-one with individuals who are chronic dieters and who have disordered patterns of eating from um, many years and many walks of life. So what I really try to help them do is reject the diet mentality or get past the chronic dieting, the disordered eating mentality and mend the relationship to food and movement and self through figuring out what foods they enjoy, uh, reconnecting to their hunger and fullness and satisfaction cues to really digging into um, what motivates you, right? Like what is your definition of health and how can we help you pursue those behaviors in a way that aligns with your interests and your levels of access. And most um, predominantly, or the thing that I like to highlight is the intuitive eating or the non-diet approach. We're focusing on creating healthy behaviors that can last someone throughout the rest of their life that is uncoupled from a focus on the active pursuit of weight loss. So uh, many, many people will come to me saying, well, is it bad? that I want to lose weight? Or is it bad that I want to change my body? And I say, absolutely not, because your lived experience is your lived experience. But all I'm here to say through the intuitive eating approach is we're going to mend the relationship to food. We're going to heal the relationship to your body. And we're going to add back fun and enjoyment and freedom into food. And I just can't guarantee what is going to happen with the body. So we call it a very weight neutral approach, meaning some people's bodies don't really experience much physical change as far as how we appear. Some people may gain weight and some people may lose weight, but really we're focusing on the behaviors and the intention behind those behaviors. And we're allowing the weight to fluctuate and do what it needs to do to really find that genetically determined set point so that we can live a life that's bigger than focusing on the scale and doing everything in our power that we can to manipulate that number. So it's bigger than just physical health. It really is focusing on so many other things things that make an individual a person. And again, really what they value in their own health journey. Mm. Oh my goodness. That, I don't know about you listening, but if like, hopefully that gave you a breath of fresh air. (laughs) It does not have to be on the scale, right? Like eating in general can be fun. Like so many times I think, you know, we, we put the word just food is just fuel, right? Food is just this food is just that it's just, it is, but it can be fun and it can be, um, exciting. And I think that's such a great thing that this approach, um, aligns is because a lot of times, especially with clients that come to like me that have that all or nothing approach, food is torture. Food is fearful. Food is hard. It's all these negative things. Food is scary. Food is stressful. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I think this is so refreshing on, it can be so much more and how you can get there. So there's a couple of things or many things that I want to unpack in that, of course. Um, but one of the things that you did mention that I think this will align with a lot of our listeners is you can mend the relationship with food, self and movement. That is powerful that we have the power to do that, that we can re like re like 
almost delete all of the past conditioning, almost like not even think about those things anymore, how food has made us feel or how food has controlled us, how movement has been um, a have to, a you, um, what is the thing, like go hard or no gains, right? Like yeah. it has to be very yeah. harsh. Um, and even with self, I think that's such a great approach that it can be a happy relationship. It can be a loving relationship with self and it doesn't have to be something that is, um, you know, sadness, depression, loneliness, right? Hate. Those are all the things that a lot of times we say about ourselves, right? Or we think, we feel. Um, So I want to dig into that. What, like, what could be a good, like, what does that mean? I guess is like mending your relationship with food. That seems daunting. That seems very big, right? We have this very conflicted relationship with food, I imagine. Yeah. It's this very kind of a lofty thing that many of us talk about. And it's kind of like this weird, like amorphous type of thing that we're like, okay, sounds awesome. But what does that actually mean for me? It's kind of like one of those things where it's like, cool idea, Claire, but what? Um, So the thing that I like to point out, kind of answering your question as far as what does it mean, is it's going to mean different things for different people. And really something that I try to keep in the forefront of my mind when I'm working with people one-on-one or even when I'm just putting content out there on the interwebs is that everybody has their own lived experience when it comes to their relationship with food, their relationship with body, and their relationship with themselves. I'm a huge fan of puns. So something I say is everybody comes to the table pun intended, with their own past experiences. And that is something that as a practitioner, I just need to be very aware of because my approach or what I might say to someone is going to be really different. And it's going to shift and change depending on how they have viewed food, um, how they've had access to food, and how they've treated their body in the past. So I can't really give you a specific, you know, this is exactly what it looks like. Um, But I can say it's going to be different for everyone. And the thing that I really like to point out. I'll do like a little myth buster here because something that I find a lot of people getting caught up in, um, we hear this goal of I want food freedom or I want to mend this relationship. And we get really excited because who doesn't want an easeful and awesome relationship with the things that we have to deal with every single day, right? Like who doesn't want that? But I find many people thinking or buying into information that is telling them either explicitly or implicitly that you can mend the relationship to food in your body, but you can also hold tight control over what your body is doing in the process, right? I kind of view this as the people who promote an air quote into intuitive eating approach to managing weight or to staying the same size. But the thing is, if we have any type of restriction in our life, and I mean restriction in the sense of physical restriction, or maybe even it's mental restriction, where we're allowing ourselves to have maybe some of the food we fear, but we say, I can only have it in this portion or this amount. If our brains catch any whiff of restriction in any way, shape, or form, that is really going to impair our relationship or our ability rather to fully heal that relationship with food and body. So the analogy that I like to give here if anybody is like, okay, sounds awesome. How do I do it is we're all going to start this process differently, but I really encourage all of my clients to be both feet in the intuitive eating boat with coach Claire, because if you're one foot in the intuitive eating boat and you're one foot in the diet culture boat, you're going to be doing like splitsies over the lake. Right. And it's not going to be comfortable. It's going to be challenging. (laughs) You're probably going to be like, why isn't anything improving? And why do my legs hurt? So it's okay to be in that, um, that space for a little bit of time for however long it takes for people to be two feet in. But I just like to point out that to really go all in on this journey and to mend that relationship, whatever that means for someone, they're really going to have to put their faith and their trust in this adventure or in this journey to see that full transformation and that healing process. Does that kind of make sense? 100%. Yeah. So it looks different for everybody right? That's takeaway is it doesn't have to look the same and it can be many different facets of where you are. And that's, and it doesn't even have to be, um, you know, perfect ever, right? It's just, yeah. just progress. It's just, um, just trying to figure out what is, um, and not even really identifying 
solely just kind of like naming what does maybe a relationship with food for me look like and yeah. then realizing how can I take maybe one first step to get a little bit closer to that. Um, yeah. So I love that. I think that's very, very powerful. You threw a word in there that um, I'm sure sparked a lot of people's interest or at least mine. Restriction. Hello. Ah, my favorite topic. <laughs> yes. So uh, I know a lot of these listeners have come from um, maybe doing very restrictive diets, feeling that that's the answer, feeling that um, you know if they gain weight or they are frustrated with their body, the first thing that we do is, okay, look at my diet. What can I take away? What is something that can go bye-bye? And that is going to be the answer to my happiness, to my health, and to my weight. So how can, and I know I've, I've heard you mention this too, and I think this is a really interesting thing. You're really going to know how much I actually listen to you <laughs> if I say this, um, about like how you go to like feast to famine, right? Like if uh-huh. restriction, if you're restriction, then you kind of go to feast very quickly. Um, yep. and, and that means that like the body is thinking that like the, the scarcity mindset of like, there's going to be no more food because I've been restriction. So now I'm, now I'm going to the other thing and I'm feeling like I'm either restriction or I'm nothing or I'm all. So what does that look like? Um, like what is it, how can we, how can we take some sort of step to, I know that mindset is so hard to even not even break, but just improve just by 1%. Um, how do you work with clients with that, with coming from you? Hey, all I've done is restriction diets. What does that look like? Yeah. And again, I'll kind of echo my answer that I gave a couple of moments ago. Every time you talk to like a dietitian or a nutrition professional, I always joke to say we never give a clear and straightforward answer because it's always like, it depends, depends. Um, but it really does. But um, yeah, I have many people come to me and say, well, I like what you're saying, but the only thing I have ever known has been restriction Mm -hmm. and dieting and fiercely controlling everything that I put into my mouth. So how do I change that? And what may or may not be surprising to most people is it's 99.9% a mental game because what is happening up here, everybody can't see, but I'm pointing between my ears. What (laughs) happens here is going to dictate what happens out here, meaning our hands, the world. So many of the conversations that I have with my clients, no matter the stage in the journey that they're at, but especially in the beginning is how can we start to reframe and rewire some of our thoughts and how we think about food or hunger or satiety or even how we talk about our own bodies and the relationship to food? How can we shift that? Or maybe just create a little bit more space for curiosity and exploration there so we can start to rewrite some of that story that isn't being so helpful to us and relearn a a different side of it. This whole journey is one of unlearning and relearning. That's also a soundbite that I say a lot. But something that you were referring to there, which I love that you brought in the um, feast to famine, I call it like the restrict bin cycle. Um, I like to use the analogy of a pendulum. Meaning if we take a pendulum, um, sorry if anybody has bad memories of physics class, but we're going to go there for a second, (laughs) and you pull the pendulum very far to one side. Well, if we let that go, because we have to eventually, we can't hold it there forever. If we let that go, the basic laws of physics would say that there's going to be a reaction and equal and opposite force. So that pendulum is going to swing all the way to the other side. So we're not just talking about a pendulum or physics class here. We're talking about what happens to our body, both biologically and mentally, when we restrict food, again, either physically or mentally. So if we're going throughout our lives saying that I have to control my body, I have to control my intake, I have to tighten my grip on a metaphorical rope that is my life, then we're pulling the pendulum to the restriction side. And we're pulling it pretty far over there, depending on what information that we're getting. And when we let that go, because we have a physiological need to eat, right, we're going to be exposed to food in some way, shape, or form in our lives. So when we let it go, because we have to eat, our body is going to be saying, I'm so stinking hungry because you haven't fed me or you haven't given me a specific macronutrient that I need. So 
any sense of the word willpower, and I'm putting that in air quotes because please I hate go that there. Word. Please, please that go word. there. <laughs> We're going there. Um, any sense of the word willpower is going to be thrown out the nearest window, and it's not your fault. It's not that something's wrong with you. It's not that you've done a bad job, but your body's biological needs are always always, always going to win. So when you're around food and you have been restricted and you're hungry, of course you're going to eat more than you would to or then you would want to, of course, you're going to binge on those foods because your body really wants you to survive. Your body wants to protect you and your body wants to do whatever it needs to do to keep you safe. So again, if we have any form of restriction in our life, it's not going to lead us to a place of greater control. It's going to lead us to a place of greater frustration of the hamster wheel going over and over and over again, or the pendulum swinging back and forth. Mm. And the other thing that I'll just briefly add here, because you bring up um, even the topic of restriction. The, the reason why most people go there, uh, myself included, I've been there before as well, but the reason why we go there is because we want to tightly control our bodies or we want to appear uh, to be a very certain way. And this is not anything bad. This is what we're taught. This is what is ingrained in us. So again, absolving that sense of blame. But something that I try to encourage all of my clients to think of, again, reframing and reshifting right here is what if just for a moment we viewed fluctuations in our body, aka changes in weight, what if we just viewed that neutrally? And what if we viewed that as, well, how might my body be trying to protect me? How might my body actually be very, very smart? And how might it know exactly what it's doing right now? Um, so it's kind of taking the need away to control and restrict and manipulate something that has known what to do. It has known how to function from the moment that we were even born. So it's kind of reestablishing bit by bit, little pieces of body trust and say, hey, my body's meant to change because I'm a human being. And instead of viewing those changes as a reflection on how I've done something bad, how might that be a reflection of how awesome my body is in knowing to protect me? So I know that was kind of a lot all wrapped up in one, but I feel like it all kind of fits quite nicely there. Yeah, that's. Uh, I love the reframe on seeing something that maybe is associated with bad and asking ourselves, Why? Why is this happening? What are the things that are going on? What is my body? What is the signal that this is giving? Our bodies are smart. They know like what we do. And it's incredibly powerful if we can lean into that and use that to our advantage versus thinking our body is against us. Our body hates us or it's, um, it's not listening to us. I think it's a good time to take a space and like have your, have grace with yourself and compassion and care um, that you can actually, you know, ha like listen to your body. And that is, that is encouraged. And that is a thing that, um, is a superpower if we can actually create the space to do that. Yeah. So I really, really, really love that. Um, I like the analogy of the pendulum that is powerful. I mean, I can literally see myself in science class, pulling that thing back and then watching it just hit middle and like go way left. Yep. Um, so yeah, I, I, if, close your eyes and like, think about that. Something else that I've used with my clients is, um, like a bow and arrow, right? You're pulling it back, pulling it back, pulling it back. And all of a sudden, like your arm is so tired, it can't hold on to it anymore. And you let it go. And then that arrow goes so far. And it's just like, how the heck did I even get there? Like it happens so incredibly fast. And um, that's often referred to as, I would say, I fell off the wagon. Mm -hmm. approach. Like I'm back where I started and I need to start over. Um, so I know a lot of you guys come from that. I personally came from that very much restricted, like, um, restriction with peanut butter. <laughs> now that Claire's on here. Oh, no. yes, I know the beloved food, um, peanut butter. And I remember I would like not eat peanut butter. I would, cause it was too high in fat, right. Too high in calories. Um, I would not eat like fattier meats. It would basically, basically be like chicken and tuna. Um, and, and all of a sudden I was crushing fruity pebbles very, very quickly. And I would like put fruity pebbles like with peanut butter at one point, right? It was just like, all of a sudden I'm doing all the things that I told myself I couldn't do. So if you're right there right now, I just want to like hold the space for you and let you know that it's okay and it's normal, but 
like Claire said, she's been there too. We've all been there, but we can have grace with ourselves. We can have compassion with ourselves and we can get over that. Um, and it's not even like, Oh, I finally made it like, Nope, I'm still living the journey and it's just a process and it's going to be learning. So you're never going to actually make it. You're never going to figure yourself out. It's never going to be like a destination. It's just part of the journey. Um, and you know, finding the foods that your body loves and that you love actually, um, versus, you know, the diet loves, or it, I should, my body should love this because this is quote unquote healthy, whatever the hell that even looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you mentioned way at the beginning, and I think this goes a lot with kind of how I coach clients or what I truly lights me up, um, is it's more than food. It's the alignments of just living a healthy, happy life. And like, finding what motivates you, finding how you can align your life and your choices and your foods with like the day-to-day life um, and reconnecting with yourself and reconnecting with the food on different levels. So I know another question that we don't have an answer for, but I would think I would love to hear your thoughts on what could maybe somebody experiment with when they're like, I don't know what motivates me. For the longest time, the thing that motivated me most was the scale moving, was inches coming off my body, was my clothes fitting better. So how can we find something outside of food, um, or not even food, but outside of, um, I would say, results and focus on the behaviors? What could that look like? What could we experiment with? I find the word results to be very intriguing because again, that means something different for everybody, but in the diet culture that we live in, if you, if I were to go out on the streets right now with this microphone and ask someone when it comes to health and nutrition, what do results mean to you? Most people might say weight loss, right? Or the number on the scale or, um, how my pants fit, right? So it's very tied to the body. And of course we are all entitled to feeling good in our own bodies, whatever that might mean, and finding ways to nourish our body, whether that's physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. But something that I often ask um, my current clients and also potential clients who come to me and want to inquire about working together, um, I often... There's a very loud jet going over right now. I don't know if you can hear that. I just just, um, just heard it. That's crazy. Yeah, I live very close to the nation's capital, so it might be the president. Who's to say? (laughs) Um, But something that I often ask them is, how might it feel if we took the typical definition of success in a health journey and we kind of flipped it on its head? So that kind of boils down to how might it feel if we were still making progress towards your version of health and how you wanted to feel. But we took the equation of I have to be smaller or the scale has to go down. If we took that away and we just set it on the back burner. So that is kind of a question that I just use to gauge people's level of interest in searching for a motivation that is outside of how the body physically appears. And most people will meet that question with a lot of surprise and a lot of curiosity. And they're like, wow, no one's ever asked me that before because my whole life, kind of like you just offered up, my whole life has been motivated by changing the number on the scale. So I think it can be really powerful for anyone who's listening right now, for anyone who's interested to just kind of ask that question to yourself. How might it feel or how might things change if I put body changes or scale changes on the back burner. And instead I focused my level of success or how I felt about this journey on how I was talking to myself, Mm. how I was treating myself, how I was connecting to how I actually felt in each moment. So again, I think the answer is going to look different for everybody. And this isn't something that's going to happen overnight. It's something that we'll have to talk ourselves through and grapple with over time. But I think that can be a really good way to find motivation. I think something that can also be really helpful is if we think back to a time in our lives where we weren't really aware of all of this like dieting crap, right? Where we were maybe a kid and we ate whatever food was given to us. We had fun with food. We went outside and we had adventures. If you're anything like me growing up in the South, not as South as you, but Southern Virginia, um, I would go outside and we would play like manhunt with friends and we would do fun things. So just kind of thinking back to a time in your life when you weren't really aware of the need to tightly control everything you were putting in your body and ask, 
what did I enjoy doing back then? Or how did I like connecting with people? And I'm not saying that you have to go out and play hide and go seek in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. That would be so fun. (laughs) Wouldn't that be fun? Um, I'm actually thinking now, since I live close to DC, like hiding behind the monuments, like that would be so fun. Um, But I am maybe talking about taking similar aspects. Maybe if you really enjoyed playing with friends, something that motivates you is connection. Maybe if you really enjoyed writing or reading stories as a kid, something that really motivates you is reflecting or being creative. Uh, Maybe if you loved cooking as a kid or exploring foods, maybe something that motivates you is trying new things and being adventurous with your taste buds. So there's many things that we could dive into here, but I think something that I really try to help people do is kind of come back to that childlike sense of fun and curiosity when it comes to not only food, but everything. And I think there can be a lot of wisdom when we kind of look back into those memories. Yeah. Those questions, you guys pause this reverse back and ask yourself those questions. Like, what was it like when you were a kid? What did it feel like? What did you love? What lights you up? And that's where we can find what motivates us. Because I feel a lot of times we're just, um, we're in this world now, like Claire mentioned, it's very like, we can't be like super diet culture. And then the other way, it's like, we kind of have to find that medium of, okay, if I'm, am going to let go of the scale, I like, I can't just continue to, um, kind of play that game of like, Oh, I'll just do my, do it once a week or do this. And it's like, we're still kind of tapping our toes in there. And it's like, Oh, this isn't working. Um, so stepping out and finding what truly is that thing that motivates you. And I love where she said connection. That is one of my biggest things that motivates me is like outside of food. How can I even bring people together and cook with people? How can I go out to lunch with people? How can I just connect on a different level? And what does that look like? Um, reflection, writing, that's something we always talk about on this podcast is the power of writing our thoughts down, the power of just getting out whatever is in your head and something might pop up for you. And if it doesn't, it's okay. But over time, you continuously doing that practice definitely um, could light a fire in you. So I love those questions so, so, so much. Um, I know you mentioned in there a little bit about like reconnection with the younger self. And I think that is so hard for people, right? Of like to realize, I don't know what I liked, right? I just did. And um, I, I, you know, nowadays my life is completely different. There's no way that I can even do those things anymore because I'm so incredibly busy. I have no time to reflect, journal, right? And have fun, like whatever that looks like. I don't even know. I don't have time for it. It's stressful, whatever that is. So I just nudge you and I'm sure Claire will do the same to take that space for yourself because you deserve it and go at it with compassion and um, just kind of search a little bit. I think that would be a powerful place to start if you're thinking, I think this is good because I do want to break up with the scale and I do want to find something that does motivate me besides the way that my clothes fit or besides looking at myself in the mirror and hating what I see. I want to take that away and have more control in a different way of my life and actually the things that light me up um, versus really in the end, just don't really probably fulfill you. And you might know that. Um, So this is your permission slip right here. We're writing it um, and giving it friendly, nicely to you. It is sealed and it is all the way from almost the Capitol. Yes. Claire sending that. Um, Awesome. So at the beginning too, we talked, and this is something that I'm very passionate about is focusing on behaviors versus outcomes Mm -hmm. and habits and, you know, figuring out kind of like what, um, what does hunger feel like, right? How do, how do we even feel that? What does food taste like? I, I had a client, I challenged a client one time to just like, Hey, get curious with how to, how would you describe a strawberry to somebody that couldn't see or didn't have any taste buds? How would you tell them that this tasted? And we were going over like eating slowly and stuff. And I think that's such a powerful thing. Is that something that you work on with clients of like, how to have fun foods and how do you like walk through the process of someone um, wanting to actually like taste foods again? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think the really crazy thing is when we're stuck in the dieting hamster wheel, the pendulum swing, whatever you want to call it, we can really forget what foods we even enjoy because we're so wrapped up in, I got to hit these exact numbers or I can't have that food. So let me find a substitute for it. So what we're spending our entire, our entire like uh, energy and headspace doing when we're eating is focusing on the cans and the cans and the goods and the bads and the shoulds and the shouldn'ts rather than 
is this food even satisfying to me? Or what do I enjoy about this food? Or what temperature do I enjoy this meal or snack at? I think sometimes, again, it's just that retraining process to get back into enjoying and feeling what that level of satisfaction feels like. So I love that you brought up the idea of the strawberry because it really reminds me of something that I do with all of my one-on-one clients at some point in their journey. Some people, it comes early in the journey. For some people, it comes later. But I do a mindful eating exercise. So I really view mindful eating and intuitive eating kind of to be cousins or sisters because they really work in parallel. But the thing that I like to point out about mindful eating, because I see it going a little south sometimes when it's represented on social media, um, I, I see it sometimes being represented as a rule or a dieting tool meaning you have to eat everything really mindfully so then you can eat less and then you can be smaller, right? Um, It's like this very linear thing that I find happening. Whereas I like to talk about mindful eating as a tool and not a rule, meaning that we are not going to be able to eat everything in our life mindfully, right? It's like we are busy individuals and we have a lot of things going on. So when we can engage in a mindful eating experience, Experience, that's awesome. But we don't need to start beating ourselves up over, oh my gosh, I didn't eat this sandwich mindfully. What am I going to do? So when it comes to using mindful eating as a tool, I really encourage people to focus on engaging all five senses. So what does the food look like? Does it have a color? Does it look like it has a texture or um, uh, an energy about it, right? If we want to get kind of woo-woo. Does it have a smell? Can you pick it up? Does it have a a texture? Is it heavy? Is it light? Now, if it's soup, I'm not going to make you dry your hands through it. So you don't always have to use your sense of touch. But then when we get to taste, I use a question very similar to what you just said. And I said, you know, if I'm an alien from a different planet and I have no idea what a strawberry is, how might you describe the experience of eating it to someone like myself? So does it have a mouthfeel? Is it crunchy? Is it soft? Does it require a lot of chewing or does it dissolve in your mouth? And does it have a sound, right? So asking all of these just very open-ended prodding type of questions to just kind of anchor back into the moment in the experience of eating so that we can create as many pleasurable and awesome experiences experiences with food as we possibly can. Something that I tell all of my clients when we first get started, before we even get to this mindful eating activity, is one of my goals as your coach and as your dietitian is to help you create as much awesomeness and as much pleasure around food as we possibly can because it's meant to be enjoyed. It's meant to be satisfying. It's meant to be something that you get excited about and that you look forward to rather than as something that you dread. So it's a long process for many individuals, but I think adding that satisfaction and the mindfulness piece back when and if the time is right is a really important piece for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, um, that brings up, like, I, I love the, those like using their senses. I mean, mm-hmm. how many times, I mean, I'm, I'm a very big culprit of it. I will like, sometimes I'll catch myself and I'm like, I don't even know what that tasted like. Right. And I'm just like eating and that's, you know, you can't you give yourself grace. And it's like, just like Claire said, it's like, it doesn't have to be every meal. It doesn't have to be every single moment. Like that's not the goal. It's, you know, maybe setting a little bit of like, a little bit of like a little goal, like one day, Hey, today I want to, I want to attempt that with lunch. And then, you know, what did I learn from that? And then really exploring and figuring out how did that actually make me feel? Um, and that way you can learn from things. Don't try to bombard yourself with every single meal, every single day, trying this approach that can be very overwhelming and scary and daunting and hard. Um, so yeah, I love, love, love that. And I remember when I did this activity, cause I was like, obviously I can't like, Hey, you go experiment with this. I never done it myself. So I did that. I sat like in my, on my table with one strawberry. It was a very pleasurable, fun experience you can ever do. So if you're thinking I've actually never done that and I don't know how I would describe a strawberry, I would just nudge you and so kindly because I love you very much to go try that. I think that would be very interesting for you. Some things that came up for me, (laughs) I remember thinking, I was like, I had no idea that strawberries had like seeds. Like strawberries have like these little, it's kind of gritty. Like it has these little bitty things and it's kind of fuzzy. 
like the, like it, it can be fuzzy. The little top green thing can be fuzzy. And I'm like, I just chop that thing off and usually throw it away. So it was very interesting, um, to try that. It was more, it was enjoyable and it felt really good. So that is just something that I kind of forgot that I actually did and really enjoy that experience. I may, uh, go try that again with something very different. Um, but not with soup. Um, so yeah, I love that. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that tool. I think that's going to be great for people to add. And all of these questions are incredibly, incredibly powerful. So I'm going to say again, go back, write those things down and just get curious when you're eating. Um, and that's really it. Just have that sense of curiosity, put on a little cap and say, Hey, I just want to be curious about this because I've been doing this one way for so long. And I'm just curious on what this could feel like. Um, so I do think that you just dropped amazing nuggets, bombs, tools, just so many great things that I know people are going to, um, learn from. Is there anything else about intuitive eating, um, that you feel as though would be important for someone maybe that at the beginning was like, I have no idea what this was, um, that you think is important just to kind of like share for them right now. Mm -hmm. I think again, like how many times can we say the word curiosity in one podcast? Right. (laughs) Um, but I think if anyone is listening to this and they feel like, Oh my gosh, if they feel like a deer in a headlights moment of I've been called out or they are speaking directly to me, Anytime you have that immediate gut reaction of, oh my goodness, even if it's maybe a gut reaction of resistance, maybe you feel a little bit uncomfortable. Maybe you're like, uh, I don't know about this, like kind of interesting, but I'm not sure. I would encourage you again, just put that hat of curiosity on. And if it's piqued your interest, even in the slightest, to take that step farther and do a little bit of exploring, whether that's following an intuitive eating human on Instagram, shameless plug, Claire Tuning, whether that's um, grabbing the intuitive eating book. So the original um, pioneers of intuitive eating, of course, intuitive eating has been around since humans have been around because it's just eating. But the two dietitians who really pioneered the movement and who created the 10 principles associated with intuitive eating, um, their names are Evelyn Triboli and Elise fresh. So I highly, highly recommend anyone who is just kind of interested, maybe wants to explore a little bit more and actually learn some of the science behind it. Check out their book. It's simply called Intuitive Eating. I believe it's on the third edition now. It has pink and purple on the cover. So just start kind of being in that information gathering stage where if you know you have been on diets through the majority of your life, if you have some disordered eating patterns that you know aren't healthy or aren't helpful, just know that maybe this is your sign. Maybe this is your time to explore a little bit deeper and figure out how this approach may be helpful for you at this time in your life. So explore, keep talking to Kelsey because she's awesome. And of course, reach out to me if you ever have questions. Yeah. Her Instagram, you will learn so much. It is incredibly powerful. She, my favorite thing that she probably knows that she does is she writes on these whiteboards and it's like one minute lesson, basically her thoughts. Um, and it's powerful. So definitely if you're curious about it, um, follow her. She is absolutely amazing. We'll, we'll talk about where she can find her and what the handle is and all that good stuff here in a second. Uh, but yes, we, I could, I could spend hours and hours talking to you about this. So I so appreciate your time. I know this is going to be incredibly, incredibly powerful and useful for our listeners um, here who are piqued interest, or maybe they were like, I had no idea what this is. I think you explained it in such a simple, easy, digestible way. Um, so I appreciate you. Thank you for that. Um, yeah. As always, the ending to the podcast is going to be a little bit of a fast five final questions. Get ready. It's going to be a good time. Buckle up because we've got five things that we're going to learn about Claire and you guys are going to love it. So number one, what is your typical lunch besides the peanut butter and jelly? Oh, <laughs> you stole my answer. I, know. I, um, I, I had a feeling you might ask that question and I was like peanut butter and jelly, of course. (laughs) Um, Honestly, if I can't use peanut butter and jelly, I'm really a fan of egg quesadillas. So don't be weirded out by this. It's something that I just like had these random ingredients in my fridge one day. And I was like, you know what? 
an egg is going in this quesadilla. So <laughs> tortilla, uh, fried egg. I like my eggs fried until they're dead. I don't like bunny <laughs> eggs personally. A little bit of cheese, a little bit of chipotle mayo, and then some cucumbers and hummus on the side is my jam. Oh, wow. That sounds amazing. And you can like spice that up with like, like different things. And that is, yeah. that's incredible. I love it. Um, what is one thing you think about before you fall asleep? Ooh, good question. So other than peanut butter and jelly, no. <laughs> um, so one thing that my partner and I do, we have a habit of always saying, what's one thing you're grateful for at mm. the end of each night? And even if we're like so tired, dragging, going to bed, I'll say, hey, what's one thing you're grateful for? And then he'll in return ask me the same thing. So we're always ending our night on that moment of gratitude. And it'll range sometimes between clients or having food to eat or having a house to live in or having amazing connections and colleagues like yourself to connect with, but it's always ending on that little piece of gratitude. I love that. That is powerful. Taking a little, take a little hint from her and uh, try that. I like it. What is one thing you do to recharge? Ooh, I do a couple of things to recharge. One is I would call it moving freely. Um, So this is a component of my coaching program where you're finding movement as a way to celebrate your body, as a way to uh, rejuvenate and recharge. So some days for me, that might look like yoga. Some days it might look like a walk. Some days it might look like sitting on the couch and not doing much of anything. So um, that is really my go-to way to recharge as well as uh, having a nice cup of coffee like I have now. I love it. Yes. And that is hard to do right there. What you just said, we could like go on a whole nother spill about that is like how to find that move freely practice and be okay with doing nothing. Yes. That's powerful. You're a superhuman. You can do that. Um, what is one thing you're excited about? Ooh, so October is a very fun month. Maybe for you as well, it's the month of weddings. So I have a couple of my close friends who I've known, get this, I've known them since we were five years old and they are both getting married, not to each other. So two separate, <laughs> two. I wanted to be clear there, two separate weddings that are happening two weekends apart. So I'm going to one this coming weekend and then two weekends after. So I'm really excited to celebrate with them and to just be in that joyous moment. I love weddings. They always yes. make me feel so good inside. So I'm excited yeah. to go to those for sure. <laughs> I love it. That's funny. I, uh, I cry at weddings, even if I don't know the person and me I, too. I, it's like, they're walking down the aisle and I'm like crying. I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> I love it. So I hope we have fun. Um, last but not least, what or who lifts you up in your life? I feel like I have many, many people who lift me up for many different reasons. So friends, of course, connections, colleagues like yourself, like having these types of conversations, I hit the end call button and I feel amazing. So um, these types of things lift me up. Kelsey, you lift me up. Um, <laughs> my friend, my family, they lift me up. They've been huge support systems for me as I've done this very unconventional thing, um, going into business for myself. Uh, my boyfriend, he's very supportive. Supportive. He listens to me rant all of the time about all things intuitive eating. And of course, my business mentor, coach, and friend, actually how you and I connected yeah. even in the first place. Um, he's very supportive and lifting up as well. So many different people. We could do a whole podcast about that, but off the top of my head, those are like the main categories for sure. I love it. I love it. Yes, we connected. Uh, that was almost like a year ago coming up in yeah. Arizona. No, I was in the the program. So Tony and I were working together then. Yes, but I was you and Trevor there. didn't come. Yes, yep. yes. Yep. But we met in like officially in New York. New York, yep. Yes, how fun. I love it. Well, I'm so glad that we connected. I seriously learned so much from you. Um, and I know everyone else uh, definitely learned so much, took nuggets, and they're excited about learn to learn more from you. So where can they find you? Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you so, so much for having me, for allowing me to be on the pod, talk a little bit about intuitive eating. Every time I get to connect with you, it's always super fun. So thanks for that. And thanks for everybody who's listening and who made it through. But the main place you can find me is on Instagram. So I hang out there a lot. My handle is at Claire Tuning. Uh, the last name is like chewing, but with an extra N. That is so um, fitting. <laughs> yeah. It's a perfect name for a dietitian. I also have a free private Facebook 
Facebook community, much like you do as well. So if anyone wants a little bit more of an intimate setting and a community to connect with on all things intuitive eating, just type in the Yours Truly Goal Slayers on Facebook and you can hit request to join and then I will reach out to you from there with the application. And then I also have a podcast, mm -hmm. much like Kelsey. She has actually been on it. I don't know the episode number off the top of my head. It was closer to the beginning of this year, but that's called the Yours Truly Podcast. It's on anywhere you get your podcast. So catch me hanging out there and I hope to see everybody who is listening. Yes. Thank you so much. And we will catch you guys on the flip side. Hey friend, post podcast, Claire back one final time to say thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope that you enjoyed the, the different kind of wonky format of me being interviewed. Hopefully you snagged a nugget or two of value that maybe you haven't heard here yet on the Yours To Be podcast. So quick reminder here of the announcement that I dropped earlier in the episode during our intro about the giveaway that I am offering for anyone who chooses to leave a rating and a review. Again, that is the best way for this podcast to grow and reach more individuals. And I would be truly, dearly grateful for any moment that you took out of your day to leave a couple of words, to tap that five-star rating if you are enjoying the content that you hear here. And of course, you will be entered to win that super cool gift basket with all of the goodies that I hope you will find to be really fun and really helpful for your journey. But that is all that I have for you this week. So we will catch you back here next Wednesday and have an awesome week until then. Yours truly, Claire.